Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. You guys have all been able to talk to these maven mentors throughout the day. You heard Lori and Sam speak. Obviously, they're all amazing, and we handpicked them. So we want to do a Q&A panel. Um, we're going to put this on the podcast. You guys can ask us anything you want. Have good questions, and don't be shy. Okay, so if you have a question, you're going to line up over here. Maddie is going to bring you the mic. You're going to ask it into the mic. Tell us your name and your Instagram. And then we will answer it. She's going to bring the microphone back to us. Okay? Hi, my name's Denise Maldonado, and uh, my Instagram handle is Flora Luna Beauty. And so I just had a question. So since I'm starting off my business, I don't know how to get ready for my taxes since I still have a normal job. How do I go about getting ready for, do I do it like quarterly? Do I do it yearly? Like what worked for you guys? Where do I go to an accounting, you know? Anything that can help. All right. We went to beauty school. We did not go to school for accounting. So find an accountant that you trust, whether it's like an accounting firm or just... I would post on your Facebook or somewhere where you trust people and say, who has an accountant that they can refer to me? This is my line of business. That's what we did. And we found an amazing accountant and we've never left him. And he does, he take, I literally hand my papers to him. I don't see it. And then he says, please sign here, sign here. This is how much you owe or this is how much you earned. So that's what I would say. Does anybody else say something different? I ditto what they say. Keep up on your bookkeeping, obviously, which is like the hardest thing for me. Um, and then, yeah, just at the end of the year, I don't, do you guys pay, I pay one time a year. Do you guys pay quarterly? Your accountant will like kind of specify what he thinks will be best for you. And when you're with your accountant, you can ask him questions. Like we were like, okay, what we we wanted to be on top of our finances. We wanted to know what was going on in our business. We wanted to have a profit and loss statement every month. So he has a, he has access to our QuickBooks. Do you use QuickBooks? Okay, QuickBooks is awesome. Super user-friendly. Super user-friendly. You guys can do this by yourselves. Create an account. You can link all of your business. If you have different credit cards, if people are taking payment through Venmo. So it will all go onto QuickBooks. And, yeah, and so I think even through QuickBooks, you can generate a profit and loss statement. Like, it's very user-friendly for things like that. Otherwise, if you want to be more on top, you can ask your accountant, like, what things should I know can you get me these monthly? Can you get me them quarterly? But your accountant, like, we really don't know. We really are like, here's our QuickBooks. We want these two things. And he just takes care of it. And then he's like, okay, you either profited this much or you lost this much. And this is where all your money went. And it's really nice to be able to see, like, okay, well, we spent a lot on trainings or events. But, like, we made a lot. Like, it's just good to see where your money's going and where it's coming in. Does that answer your question? Yeah. No, I, so I was told when I started my business to save 30% of my income 
for taxes. And it varies. Like when you're starting out, like they said, you spend a lot of money and that's all just like deduction, deduction, write off. Like the more you spend on your business, the more you can write off, especially um, like if you're working from home, you can write off different home expenses, things like that. Cell phone bill, utilities, like, so find an accountant that will do all of that for you. Um, but then also like save as much as you can just in case, um, you never know what's going to happen come tax season. So So it's not such a hard blow once a year, like such a huge chunk. Um, They'll take, you can't do it your first year because they don't even know how much to split it up into quarterly. Mm -hmm. And then, so after your first year, after everything that you go through, they'll give you like a total and they'll split that into four payments and you'll just make your quarterly payments. And then hopefully the goal is we make more money each year. So you'll owe just a little bit more in the last quarter. So for me, it's not as big of a blow. For Blush, we've only been open a year and a half this month. So my first year of filing was only four days in September, October, November, December. So we couldn't do a quarterly payment. So this was our first full year. So next year, we'll split it up into quarterly so it's not a chunk at the end. But I do think the 30% is a good rule of thumb. Just make a separate bank account and put it aside. One more thing, just to make your life easy right off the bat, especially because I know you're barely starting your suite, um, open, like the very first thing you should do is open your separate bank account so you're never crossing funds between personal and business. Like, do that your very first thing. And if you don't have that and you're already in business, go to the bank tomorrow. Tomorrow's Sunday. Go on Monday and set up a separate bank account. Okay. I think that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, uh, this is Rosa. Uh, my Instagram is Rosa Loves Nails. Um, I had a question, not really directed to anyone specific, because a lot of you could probably answer something in regards to this. But when it comes to doing like a business plan, like Sam was talking about, and planning your expenses, if it's something you're kind of diving into, like I'm trying to do. And you don't really know what those expenses are going to be. You don't know who, what distributors you can actually bring on. How much guesstimating can you kind of get away with when you're looking at leasing a property or taking out a loan or a line of credit or, you know, things like that when I really don't know what that bottom line is going to be as far as expenses? So the number one thing I would do is try to plan it as best you can. I know it's a big number, like a big scary number that you have no idea what it's going to be. But if there's certain distributors that you're like, I have to carry them in my business, find out what their minimum is. Because maybe it's huge minimum and you're like, that's not going to work out in the beginning. Or maybe it's feasible. And then um, just trying to find the bottom line as best, like guesstimate as best you can. But then setting a chunk on top of that as like a safety net. I need to ask you a couple questions. Okay. So can we just go to her? Like, we'll just shout to each other. So okay. first, are, do you have to purchase into their, are you going to retail it? Like, yes. So you're just going to make a purchase. Right. And then you're going to do all that. Yes. So that you can, you can just contact them. And like she said, get all the numbers. So I purchased into Orbe and R&Co. Okay. They have pa- packages that you can purchase. They have A, B, or C. So it's like, for instance, 7000 10000 or $13,000. And you get like three of each, six of each, nine of each, or whatever. It's the whole line, and I, there's no other option. 
So we just budgeted for which one we wanted. And then with R and Co, same thing. It was like two, three, or f two, five, or seven. And so we just decided which packages we were going to purchase, and then we purchased them. So then you'll know that. So then you can figure out that, plus your lease, your utilities, your systems. I would just go through every little thing that you're going to have to pay for, okay. write them down, and then start figuring out numbers. And it's going to take a minute, but you'll slowly start to get your answers, and then you'll get your total. Does that help? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. My name is Ashley Bailey, and my Instagram is BeBoldTheSalon. I run a successful salon out of my home, and there is a stigma of home salons versus a commercial salon. How do you break that barrier between the two? I offer the same quality services. So I also run Beauty Mavens Collective in downtown Salt Lake, a beautiful studio, but I also have a basement salon in my home in Ogden, which is a, little, it's a lot smaller town. I treat them exactly the same. I have the same pricing. I have my business license hung up. I have my aesthetic license there. My house is clean when they walk in. I just treat it exactly like a salon just to break that stigma. And yeah, I'll pass it to Lori. Wait, who'd you say? Give it to Lori first. So let me see if I understand you right. You do have an in-home salon Correct. spa? We are sisters because <laughs> we put in a separate entrance to the house. Um, so it looks like a house on the outside. Same thing. So we have actually run into this very thing and it starts with you. It started with me and I treated it like an in-home business. I didn't realize it at the time, but my husband called me out on it and he says, are you treating this like a hobby or is it a business? You need to act like it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay. So um, we have had people, like, they want to do payment plans. That doesn't happen when you go to uh, a place of business outside of your house. It just doesn't happen. But we had people asking for payment plans. I was put on the spot, and I was like, I guess. I would have never said that in my new clinic ever. And then another problem that, ha that we had was Venmo. And we decided no more Venmo. Venmo is just not for us because I was chasing down moms to pay for their kids' treatments. And I was wasting my time. So um, I had to treat my business like, like a big business while we were in our, in our house right now. And it's been a mental transition for my employees. Uh, it's been a transition for the clients that we've had because we're really tightening down the hatches. So I would say it's all in your mind. Like you knew right from the start you were going to treat it exactly the same as a clinic, um, in home, out home. And I was not treating it that way. And so I had to really clean up my thoughts inside as well. Um, but it's, it starts with you. It definitely starts with you. If you've got to be professional, you've got to treat a professional and act like it and think, okay, if I was in a big building, my, so this is what I do. I used to work at a medical facility, and I always compare it to that. Would, do I want to be treated like this? Then I need to act like that. So we're much more professional, and it was hard. It's, it's one of those mind shift things again, so it's really up to you. And I do think that people, I don't mean to take up all the time, but I do think that people, there is a thing about going in somebody's house. 
there, I think that there really is. Um, they think that it's maybe less professional, and that is what it is. But it comes down to you, and and you too. Like you're, you decided, I'm going to have them treat them the same. So people will do that. They, for some reason, they think that it's going to be less, or you're not as professional. We had a, we had a client come in with her mother, and the mother thought that since we were in her house that we were not licensed and that we were just we just self-taught ourselves to do microneedling and she didn't trust us and she's like it's not going to be clean and I'm going to take my kids to the dermatologist I'm like so that was a mind shift for her that we are just as professional which is why we're getting out of our house too we need to be in a bigger facility so did that help is there anything that did you said okay well you said it was a successful salon is there anything like any feedback specifically that you've been so that okay Kristen's very passionate about this. When she took her lash lift training, she was the first person in Utah. She, um, they said to charge $75. And she was like, I'm going to charge $75. And me and my mom were like, you just barely learned yesterday. Like, you need to charge $50. And she was like, no, it's a $75 service. And we were like, you're doing it at your house. Like, you got to charge $50. And from the beginning. This is before I was in the industry. Yeah, I didn't know. But, um, and she was like, no, I'm charging 75 The day she took her training, she started charging $75. She made back what she paid for her in her course two weeks later, and that was in her house. She spent a year and a half in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, if you set, what are, are your prices like? Do you feel like they're lower right now? They're average for my city. Right? Where are you? I'm in Bountiful. You're in Bountiful. Okay, so. It's also Utah, I swear. Yeah, yeah. Utah. But, like, we say this. We say it's Utah. We, we say it's we in your house. We need to change it. But like Kristen just said, I don't care if you want to come to me. Like you're gonna pay seventy. You're gonna pay as much as you're gonna pay in salon. No and people came to her. Yeah, no matter where she is. So I would say that like again starts with you. Like you just gotta raise your prices. And yeah. you might for a second, you might have like a couple clients drop off. But how many of you guys have raised your prices in the last year? How many of you guys have lost more than five clients from raising your prices? Raise your hand. Okay, did you see how many hands went down, though? More than half of them put their hands down. Like, they hadn't even lost five. Have you guys lost more than five? No. And the ones you lost were probably the ones complaining about price. (laughs) See, so we think people aren't going to come to us if we raise our price. But everyone's hands went down. Like, you are not going to lose as many clients. And like they said, if you lose two or three, it makes up for it in the price increase. I've been to your salon. Okay? And it is separate. Like, you wouldn't know that it's part of your house when you walk into that part. And she has a sign. Like, it's professional. It looks like your business. And the services you provide are valued at what they should be or higher you have that value, and you should do it. I'm Just like Lori was saying, it's a mindset thing. You shouldn't, like, your client shouldn't tell you how much your service is. You need to. You're worth a lot more. And I've been there, 
I haven't gotten services, but I've been there and I would pay whatever you told me. Just going there and it's your house. Like, Woo. yeah. Amen. Do you have a website with your prices listed? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where? Be bold the salon. Um, my name is Kit. Our Instagram is at Vora.Beauty. My question is, when you collaborate with people, how do you decide who to collaborate with? Because sometimes we look at their engagement, we check all of that out. Sometimes it's awesome, and sometimes it's total bust. And is it just that's how it goes, or do you guys have tricks for who you decide to collaborate with? Are you talking influencers? Mostly, yeah. So engagement is obviously huge. Um, you want to look for like a 10% um, like yeah for like the amount of followers they have to like the likes they have but then also comments because sometimes they'll get likes but then they have like no comments so you want like more engagement but also they hit the nail on the head when they talked about like your core values like when you're collaborating with someone you want them to match your core values so if they are like a company that's scammy and has a bad reputation like you don't want to collaborate with them but someone who shares those the same motive that you do and, you know, whatever it is, empowering women or making them feel beautiful inside and out, like whatever that is, those are the people because you target the same audience and you have the same end goal in mind. Tell about when you're, what you're saying with the red shop closet, the red closet shop. Oh, um, I said this last night. My friend opened a shop. Um, I have 2,500 followers on Instagram, so it's not like the most in the world. It's not the worst. But I have really engaged followers. I have amazing, and I hate calling them followers, friends, whatever. I love them so much. I engage with them. I respond to their messages. Um, they get to know me on a personal level. So when my friend opened her By shop. By the way, her face is on her story every day. Like her client, I mean her followers know her because she shows up for them. Just that like was a New Year's resolution was to show my face on my stories every day. So it's a good one. People want to know who you are. Um, but I... My friend opened this shop and she has like 40,000 followers or something. She's like an influencer. And she was like, hey, will you share some of my pieces on your Instagram? And I think she did it to be nice because a lot of our friends are like influencers and I was just in the room. And I was like, yeah, totally. When I went back to her house like two weeks later to try on more clothes because she was like, come get more and share more. She was like, you have gotten way more people using your code than people who had like hundreds of thousands of followers because... I, first of all, share things I love that, like, give value. And also, like, I just have people, I don't know. Yeah, you're just closer with them. So, I don't know. Look for people like that um, who have a sense of community on their feeds or in their business, but then also share the same message that you want to portray. Yeah. I have one more thing. I just want to say something. Do you want to say something? I will. Okay. So, so I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are so many people with over 10,000 followers. That does not mean they are real 10,000 followers. There are a lot of people who buy followers who do scams. Like, do not just go off the number. Go off of if they align with your core values, because we've done the same. We've, we've done giveaways or collabs with people who are like these big college dancers and have all these followers. And we're like, this is, this is another thing, is we've done collabs with people who have big followers, and they do have engaged but they, they're not in the beauty industry. So then they do it, and it's like no return. But it's because they're followers. They don't care about that. Like, you know, so finding people who align with you really, really will make a difference. And we've heard from other, like, courses we've taken that people around, like, 5K 
that really is the sweet spot because the they're, they're like they'll do more to build your business sometimes than the big 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 top influencers because they are so close and their followers trust them and they know that everything they're not just posting an ad every day like all of their collabs are thoughtful and with them Okay, so when I was reading a lot of you guys' um, questionnaires, this is something that really stood out to me. So collaborations mean that you have a real connection with someone else in the industry. So for me, I do wedding hair and makeup. So for me, it's, it's super valuable to meet up with people who are like photographers, florists, other people in my industry that are maybe not my direct competitors, but people who can refer other people to me. Um, and something that I do is when I go to these photo shoots or collaborations, I go with the intentions, um, clear expectations at the first. So I tell them exactly I'm expecting to get photos out of this collaboration. What are you expecting from me? Sometimes they'll tell me the exact hair and makeup that they want. Sometimes they'll say, you're the professional, you do it. But have clear expectations going in um, and then know exactly what you're getting out of them. And then, like I said, knowing that you're building a relationship and a connection. So for me, when I show up to the photo shoot, I am there and I'm giving my time and I'm making a good reputation for myself so that when someone asks that photographer, hey, who should do my hair and makeup? They're going to think of me because I made a good reputation. So if I'm working for free or for cheap for a collaboration, I'm going to make it worth my time by building my reputation um, at that photo shoot or collaboration. My name is Casey. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Casey Rhodes. And my question is kind of piggybacking on collaboration. Um, I've built a business that I'm happy with. I don't feel like I have any like major pain points. Um, so I'm kind of at a crossroads where I want to um, grow more nationally as opposed to locally. I don't want to expand staff. I don't want to expand my space. I more want to um, collaborate with a company, um, either as a trainer or as an ambassador or something, and just was kind of looking for tips or tricks, how to kind of choose someone that you want to collaborate with and kind of how to weasel your way in there, kind of. Into a company? Yeah. First, if you never ask, the answer is always no. Literally just ask. Um, it depends too on who you're trying to work with, right? If you want it to feel natural and if you want it to be authentic to who you are, ask the people that you already follow first, start there and get, get the movement going from there. But kind of just short and sweet. If you never ask, the answer is always no. Yep. So how do you ask? Oh, like how to ask? So I like to find their email. So DMs are really hard to work through. So whenever I, like, if I'm doing work for the company, like, let's say I'm reaching out to you for, you know, whatever it is. Like, I want you to try my new product, right? I'm just going to simply reach out on an email. If I cannot find their email, DM them and say, what is your email? Move it to email first. DM is just way, way too hard when it comes to collaboration, collaborating with uh company okay so look for their email and then just be yourself 
just say, hey, I'm looking to collab. I want to do something like you want to do a giveaway or I think my followers would really, really like this product or I'm looking for something new to try. Like brands are so willing to get engagement. Brands suffer from engagement. Bad. Influencers don't. Brands do. So that's why they repost on their stories. That's why they send out free product because that's how we do it. So it makes it 10,000 times easier when somebody reaches out and says, hey, I want to do it. It's like weeding through all the people and finding the the person that actually wants to do it. You just showed up in the email and it just made that 10,000 times easier for me. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I, I am a little different than the beauty um, with skincare and all that, but there are a ton of like hair brands that are fun to work with. So I'm teaching a class in April. Like I reached out to a gal from Idaho actually, um, up in the Boise area. And I said, you know, I was so nervous cause I'm like, well, she might want this. She might not. So I reached out to her and I said, I think your work's amazing. I do a lot of foliage. You do amazing balayage. Would you want to come to Utah and host a class with me at the salon, at my salon? And she was like, I would love that. I, she had opened her own salon. Our style was very similar. Her personality, like I stalked her. Like she seemed just like what I would want to work with, all those things. And then she did the same to me and was like, well, heck yeah. So then on top of that, I was like, well, a fun thing is swag bags, right? Like who doesn't love, like I'm stoked about these swag bags mm-hmm. today. So I reached out to a couple brands that I work with knowing that they do a lot of balayage stuff. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And things that helped me was in past in my stories or my photos, I always tag them. I'm always like, look at what I'm using. These are my Fremar tools. These are this. I use Oligo as my main color brand. Tag them, tag them, tag them, tag them. And then reach out. And I said, I'm teaching a big class. Would you want to do anything? And both companies were like, we'd love to donate stuff to your swag bag. And sent me a full list. Because now we're going to have 30 girls in a class who are going to be exposed to their stuff. And they're going to go purchase it. So just try. Yeah. Just one more thing I'll add really quickly. Just talking about the swag bags in like specific, it might be easier for you guys as estheticians to reach out to brands to get more of like a collaboration than it is to reach out to other estheticians. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Brands are so, 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 so willing because they already have a budget for giveaways. They already have a marketing budget. It's something that they're already doing. So it's just easier when you are going straight to them. Hi, my name is Sierra. Um, my Instagram is lovely underscore lashes 2018. And I guess my questions for Kristen and Madison are what are the steps um, did you guys take to start y'all's podcast? And I guess some tips. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. We spent hours on Google, hours on YouTube. We bought... We talked to people. We had a friend that actually had started a podcast herself. We knew we wanted to do it ourselves because it takes a lot of time. We didn't want to put a lot of money into it up front because we know we're not going to make money with it right away. So 
Um, we talked to her. She told us the exact microphones that she bought, the sound system she bought, and kind of walked us through it. We got a laptop and just played with it and figured it out. And just literally Googled, Googled, Googled. How to get on the Buzzsprout. Do you want to start a podcast? I'm assuming. Okay. Okay. How to get on the platforms for the podcast. This is what Kristen Okay, you want to get real specific. So you have to, number one, you have to get your setup. So you have to have your microphone, um, a laptop that's going to record. So we have Macs. We use GarageBand. If you have a PC, Audacity is a good um, free platform. And then from there, you have to pay for a hosting site. So the hosting site, I think it's like $9 a month. And with our, with our hosting site, we use one called Buzzsprout, super user-friendly. Um, you can upload like four hours of footage every month. So for us, we're doing one podcast a month. That's perfect for us. And if we go over, it's like You just pay a couple extra bucks. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. But when, So once you go on to Buzzsprout, like we'll just link our – so we record our episode in GarageBand. Really all you need is a microphone and a computer and, like, headphones to listen to it while you're talking. That's it, right? You can get fancy, but, like, it, I mean, you've listened to our podcast. Like, if you want to if you want to make a podcast, you know, on a lower budget, like, you really just need a microphone, a laptop, and some nicer headphones. And then once you record it and then you upload it onto Buzzsprout, it goes on to iTunes and Spotify. Did you set that up individually? No, Buzzsprout does that. Buzzsprout does that. So that's really all you have to do. Will you ask that into the mic? I'll just rephrase it. Okay. <laughs> but Maddie doesn't have to walk over. So she asked, what about interviewing other people if they live far away or how do we set up the interviews? Yeah. Is that kind of mm-hmm. your question? So, again, we just reach out. A lot of them so far have been connections that we have made in previous summits that we've attended in, through Instagram. Like, we've made friends just commenting on each other's stories and just engaging with people and making those connections. So, so far, we've been able to reach out to people we know. Um, we had a trip to California where we interviewed, like, Casey and Lorena. So, we just knew we were going out there, so we emailed them, set up a time... Um, people do over the phone. We haven't tackled that yet. I know the sound quality kind of goes down when you do that, but I know people who do it over the phone. But we just try and get people, like, when they're in Utah or when we go out of town to try and record with them. Yeah, so we take advantage of every vacation that we have to reach out to at least one connection that we have there. Travel with your microphone. And then it's a write-off. And it's a tax write-off. Does that answer your question? You can message us or whatever. Or we, you want our consulting, so <laughs> we can talk more about it. <laughs> okay. I'm Chanel. I'm from Top Shelf Beauty Bar and Apparel. Um, one of your questions was, where do you see yourself in five years? And, like, their answer. So how, like, what's an ideal answer? And then if, like, they don't give you the answer you like, like, where's, like, that good middle bar to, like, say you're not a good fit for our salon? So a a good answer is I want to grow my clientele. I want to be, like, not able to take new clients. I want a hair home. I want a team. I want to settle down. I want to, 
like it's refreshing to know that they don't want to bounce around. Like I've been at my current hair salon for X amount of time. Sometimes it's like hard to make a move, but they're like, I've made a couple and I was stagnant at one of mine. I was there for five and a half, six years and wasn't growing anymore. So I made a move off that. Like it's always good when they're, my goal is that they're going to continue to grow at mine. If, those are kind of answers I want. I want them to continue to want to grow. And it's okay to say, like, well, I want to have kids and I want to be able to work part-time and do what I love and then also be a mom or also do this. Like, all those are good things. When I shy away, and it, I've had girls that I hired knowing that they wanted to open their own salon. Okay, that was 100%. Like, so I had a gal... Um, and I love her, so I hope she listens to this. She came to my salon wanting all the things. We were on the same page, all the things. And then she had an opportunity to grow with Redkin. And they, like, she was, like, became a Redkin ambassador. And Redkin, you guys have probably all heard of Redkin, right? And you guys don't do hair. So it was huge for her. She came to me and said, can we retail Redkin here? And that was never in her five-year plan. She wanted to grow as an educator, didn't know that they would bring her on so quick and so in-depth. And I said, no. But I said no, knowing that that would mean she'd need to leave. She'd been there. She was only with us, I think, three or four months. And that's so hard because I just went through all this to get her. And then I had one other girl who, when she interviewed, she said she was older than me. She had four kids. And I felt like instantly we were connected. Like, I just loved her. And she said, my dream is to one day open a salon. I don't know when that will be. I, I hope the sooner the better. It didn't shy me away from her because I, it's like such a good feeling to know that you've helped somebody grow to that point. I think what I like turn people away more on is um, this, they don't view it as a passion. They view it as like, Yes, more of a hobby or just like supplementing their income. Yeah, I've had girls like they're like, well, I like doing this or and so they just didn't take it seriously. So I don't care if you're going to leave to go start your own just because if anybody's going to understand that dream, it's me. Like I had that too. So I would love to help somebody else get there. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think as long as they're taking their business serious and your business serious and they fit everything else. It's, it's a match. Yep. So you, you have all booth renters. And so if they violate your expectations or don't follow through with your expectations, what happens? <laughs> we do have three strikes. My husband put that into place. My husband's like HR. His thing is, miss me with that drama. <laughs> he literally has zero tolerance for it. Like, he doesn't want to hear it. He's just, you're a grown person. Like, handle your stuff. So we have, we have contracts. The Mavens have contracts, too. It's not like a, you're locked into this amount of time. It's just, this is what we offer you. This is what we expect from you. And you sign. So mostly the girls come in, and they know. It's more like they know what to expect from us, and they know what to expect from themselves. Like, we only have a couple rules. They're pretty clean and simple and follow them. We had to put a three-strike rule into place because things were violated, and we let that person go. 
after three strikes. Um, it was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like I, like my husband was just like, this isn't working. We can tell you're not thriving here. Like it's just not driving. I, I think you're going to do better in another place. She is thriving in another home. Like she's doing so well. Um, and sometimes that's like a hard thing. Like I sobbed about it after because you want your place to be their place. Like, it's like not liking, I was telling Lori this like last night, it's like not liking my child. Like, what do you mean? He's perfect. Like, what do you mean? Right? But, or like your salon, it's my baby. What do you mean? Like, it's perfect. It's for everybody. It's not for everybody. So you have to do what's best for the business and what's best for your girls. And I think all, all of the girls as a whole, including her, are better off. But it's hard. I hurt your belly. Okay, my name's Bailey Sheese, and my Instagram is Sheese Styles. And my question is, where, like, what are your guys's, you panel folks, um, what are your end goals or like your five-year plan, I guess? Because for me, I like to begin with the end in mind. So I, I want to have some ideas of like five-year goals or aspirations. My three-year plan is to be a multi-million dollar business in three years and then to expand to other locations in about five years. I kind of shied away starting to think about this because moving into our building has been such a big deal. I'm like, I don't know if I want another clinic after this, but once we get through all of our policies and procedures and everything, I think it will be much better, so much better. But yes, being clear is so, so good. And, um, yeah, I don't know if that helps. This is like a loaded question for me because the first thing that comes to mind is always I want to be happy. I'm very, like, easygoing, go with the flow. I have found a passion in empowering women, helping them find what they truly want to do, how they want to feel. And I've been given this opportunity to do that through my business, and I'm going to run with it as long as I can. So if I'm still doing this in five years, I'm solid. But ultimately I want to be happy and helping other people. Feel happy. That's such like a sad answer. There's no like numbers. No, in there. that's good. That's fine. <laughs> you, you cover the one for both of us. Okay. Um, our five-year plan is we want to do more summits. We want to do at least two a year, and then we also want. We've talked about this all day, but like we just really want a strong community. We want to help build the beauty industry. We want to have online courses. Um, I think we'll always do clients. That's like our bread and butter. I don't think I could ever not do clients, but maybe stepping back one day a week and uh, really focusing on our podcast and our summits and our online business courses. That's our plan. Hi, I'm Beauty Maven Jen. Um, girl, I'm going to be the LW Skincare of Utah. She knows it. Um, I'm going to build my skincare empire and build my warrior, my skincare warriors. Um, but I want to be fully booked like eight weeks out. Nobody can get in and they're scrambling to get in with me and travel to teach like on the side too. Cause I, I can't sit still. I have to be really busy all the time. So that's what's going to happen. Sam here. Um, I want more babies. 
give me more babies um, to be happy. I love that. We, I can't give up hair. I will always take clients. I work hair three days a week, and that is like my sweet spot. I love being a mom and a wife and a business owner, but I love doing hair, and we plan to expand. So we are currently getting the building next door and hope to do more skincare. So these girls have met with me. Um, I had Maddie and Kristen up to see the space and to see everything and hopefully have more of you babes. And, you know, so I can do hair on one side, more skincare on the other. I've never said my five-year goal out loud, so I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Say it out loud. I'm scared. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I do a lot right now of random things like I'm filming and doing this and teaching right so I've been really confused and it's okay if you're confused because I'm like a roll with the punches kind of girl I never planned on my life going this way but I've always like gone with my gut so I have a really hard time with five-year goals but I love teaching so much and I want to make an online course so I'm hoping because who has said I learned Jack from school. Like, who has said that? Like, what did I even learn from school? Like, everybody. Um, so, yeah, that's my five-year goal, to make my own little online course. So. Hi, Rosa again. Rosa loves nails. Okay. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I have, thank you. <laughs> she said she loves my nails. Um, <laughs> So I have really been, uh, so I have like my main goal and I know so many of us have these crazy side goals that are really important, almost as important as the big one, like t-shirts or you want to do, I don't know, some educational stuff, things like that. And this t-shirt thing has been killing me for a while because there's so many different ways to do t-shirts and so many people do great t-shirts. You guys have like your, your clothing and, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's so awesome. And I really do want to collaborate with nail artists and do a signature nail artist series because we all are artists and we all have our own style. We all do our own thing. And it just feels so big for something. It's just, it's a t-shirt, but it feels like there's so many ways to do it. And I just don't know how to move forward in okay I have to make these connections but I want to approach them with a plan like oh I already have the system in place here's what we're gonna do do you want to join in with me and I'm just scared of doing clothing it's really scary (laughs) so for those of you that have done t-shirts or know people that have done them what do you feel like is the first step I guess to to do something like that They're, they're just black, white, or blush colored, and they literally just say blush. Like super simple lettering, super simple. Um, my, it's like my brand, and all of our blush, like I'm currently working on blush babes one. I call everybody babes, and we're the blush babes. And so I've got some for like my staff that are coming, and then like for retail, but that's it. And then we have sweatshirts that are like black, the cute crop, and then they just have the same font on it. Um, I found a company that I liked their style and I reached out to them. I sent them an email and I said, what are you, what's your pricing? How do I order this? This is what I want. And I got my quote back and had, so mine are custom made, but I found like the T design that I like cause t-shirts are actually really hard to find like a good fit. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, and then 
they were awesome. They were Utah-based. Ellie and Joe, if you guys want to follow them, E-L-L-I-E, then the plus sign, and then Joe, J-O. And they were so great. They were like, we'll send you some samples. Because, again, like what Jess was saying is, like, they're stoked to have, like, an in where it's easy. Like, you're coming to them. They don't have to work for it. So they're like, yeah, let me send you some samples. Let me so just start reaching out. Um, and yeah, we're working on like new ones with different fonts. Like, but I'm, I asked her again. And so it's making her branch out to like some funkier fonts. So. I love your idea of collaborating with other nail artists. And I think a nail artist would love that. And they would be so flattered if you reached out and were like, I love your designs. I love your work. I want to make, I want to collab with you. I want to make a t-shirt. I would say your first step would be to find a company, find actual t-shirts that you like right because you want the nail artist to design them yeah right so i would find t-shirts you could get like a couple different styles um and then yeah we emailed a few different local companies we wanted the printer to be local just because it's easier to work with and we got quotes and then we just went with either the best one or whoever we actually went with someone we knew but um i would just find like colors that you want to do styles and then and then I would start reaching out to the nail artists and have them, like, send in some designs or something like that. Okay, we'll have one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, so this is kind of for Sam and Lori. You talked about uh, regret, not regret, um, guilt and resentment. You have your husband work side by side. How do you get that? But don't. Yes. Oh. Don't act like we don't fly. <laughs> okay, so let me see if I understand you right. Sam's got her husband on board, and I don't. No, no. No, I've, that, I phrased it that way. On purpose. Like, is that how you meant? Like, how do you do it when you don't have someone like that? I felt resentful for a long time because I felt like I had to work because I didn't want to. I wanted to be home with my babies and to just be like my, my generation, I'm 45. My generation was mom stays home, dad goes to work. And so all of a sudden I was in the position of, I have to do this. And so I resented that he wasn't making enough money. I didn't know that until I created LW skincare and came up to the same thing. And so what I did is I got help and I realized that was the first, uh, um, breakthrough that I had was, Oh my goodness. I am resentful towards him. I didn't know it. And it was like an emergency break that I literally put my hand on and I set it down and I said, I want to do this. And it's, it's, uh, I released all of that resentment towards him. And once I did that, I said, I want to do this. I was made to do this and I'm going to go for it. And that's when my whole life, my whole business changed. So where does my husband fit into this now? He, um, I felt bad and I did feel bad and resentful again (laughs) because my best friend, her and her husband both 
work in their clothing business. They have a huge million dollar business together. He is an accountant and she's a creator. They work beautifully together. They're not perfect. I felt bad because my husband didn't do that. Because when I try to talk business to my husband, he's in construction. He does not understand the beauty business. He does not understand why women would spend $2 on, $200 on their hair or $150 on a skin treatment or $500 on a skincare routine. He does not get it. So I've learned to not talk to him about that kind of stuff. So Chad is supportive of me. He's learned to trust me and to tr- that I trust my gut. And he's learned to step back. I've learned what to talk to him about what not to talk to him about, which has made me reach out to other people in the industry. That's why I ask a lot of questions is because I don't have someone. And so Chad is self-employed. He does run his own business. It's very different from mine. So how he supports me is he comes home at night. He gives me a hug. He's there when I cry, when I'm having a hard day or a meltdown. He is there to support me. He supports me in different ways than how Sam's husband does. And I've learned to respect my husband that way and to not compare him to anybody else. Because some of you might have a husband that's so supportive and does your books. And some of you may not have that. You may not be married or it's just not made that way. And it's okay because your spouse, your partner, whoever supports you the best way that they know how. Chad does his best and what he does best is he listens to me when I'm feeling frustrated and sometimes he'll give me advice and, you know, I've learned to respect him for that and, and just not comparing him to anybody else. So when I hear that she's like a lot of you have great supportive husbands and they do the books, I am cheering for you, but I don't make Chad the villain anymore because that's just not his thing and I love him for who he is. And not for what he, what I think he should be. Mm-hmm. So I love that other people have great supportive accountant husbands. But I don't. So what I did is I found someone to do my books. <laughs> I hired someone to, to be my accountant. I, uh, so moving into my, my little in-home business to an outside big business on Main Street, my husband couldn't help me that way. He could not help me with QuickBooks. He does his own thing. So what I did is I hired someone to be my business person. I hired a pug. Is that his name? I love that. I hired a pug, and his name is Bryce, and he is phenomenal. And once a week for an hour and a half, I meet with him. We go over QuickBooks. We go over all the things. We go over the things that I'm having a hard time with in my business, and he listens to me and gives me support and guidance judgment-free. And I love it. So I have a pug in my life and he's amazing. And so I found him. So what I want you guys to know is if you don't have that in your life, that's okay. Go find someone because more than likely that person is someone that you already know. They live close to you or you can reach out to any of us. There's always help. And another thing that I've discovered is everything has been basically done before and you can find it on YouTube or Google. And so just go Google it. You can find the answer. You can solve it. You have to believe in your ability to figure things out. So I always like to stress that you can figure it out. Sam works great with her hubby. Other people. This was not his dream. Yeah, right. They have a beautiful story. You should listen to their podcast. It's beautiful. But not everyone is set up that way. Yeah. So just respect that. You can figure it out. 
Every single one of you have, you're amazing. You can figure things out. And if you don't know the answer today, you'll figure it out tomorrow. You're strong enough. You're smart enough that you can do it. And don't, don't procrastinate. Just go do it. Okay, I feel like that was a perfect, perfect answer. (laughs) Perfect way to wrap it up. (laughs) But yeah, I really liked what you said about even comparing your husbands, but even comparing your business. Like no one's business is the same. And if you're a solopreneur doing booth rent, you might not need, like, probably an accountant because you have to do taxes. We all have to do taxes. But, like, you don't maybe need someone to do all of the things. I mean, we have each other, and it helps. And we hired an accountant. But, like, everything else, all the other business stuff, all the emails, all the, like, workbooks. Like, we didn't hire a graphic designer. Like, we did it ourselves. So when you're starting, you kind of have to be scrappy and just, like, how long did it take you to get your accountant? Thank you so much. Because <laughs> I want my voice to be heard this way. I've been doing this for two years. Who asked the question? Let's see. Um, okay. Two years it took me to get to this point. A year ago, I didn't need this. Today, I do. So just appreciate and respect where you are today. You don't have to do all these things, it's just one little thing at a time. And like I said, I didn't need it a year ago. I should have had an accountant a year ago, but I didn't, and it's okay. So you just do the best that you can. There's no pressure. There's there's no speed limit. You know, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. Some people can't mentally handle all that right now, and, and it, it's a process. It takes a lot of steps and encouragement. So it's okay where you're at right now. You don't have to do all these things. So we just want to wrap everything up. How's everyone feeling? Woo! That's so good. Are you guys feeling better? Do you feel like you have a clearer direction? You know what you can go home and work on? Good. That was this worth it? Are you glad you drove all night to get here or flew out here? (laughs) Woo! Thank you. (laughs) You're the best. Okay. Um, We just seriously want everyone to give yourselves a round of applause for investing in yourself. Investing in your business, for taking yourself serious and believing in yourself enough to spend. Like, this wasn't cheap. So we hope you got value out of it, and we hope that you really feel like you are a maven. Because you are. And you're going to be. And you, yeah, you can freaking do it. So that no one feels like, like we did not intend to bring these mavens up here so you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get there. Like, we hope you feel inspired. We hope you know that you can reach out. Right? They can any of these girls. Ask any of the questions. You can always email us, ask questions. Like, we're here to help. You guys all met each other, so we hope you have this support system now. And really, we're just proud of you guys for investing in yourself and your business. Do you have anything else to say? No, just thank you so much for coming and for trusting us. And yeah, I hope it was so worth it for you guys.